On this episode of Dweeb Dive, we take a closer look at Mandalorian Episode 4 from Season 2 and the craziness that is going on in that, and we'll break it all down for you. So let's go ahead and batten down those hatches and... Dive, dive! What is going on, everybody? Happy late Thanksgiving to everyone. It is Austin, joined as always by my co-host Connor. Connor, how wow. was your turkey day, man? It was it was incredible. Uh, I my body has undergone a lot of punishment in my day. Nice. Uh, but by far the worst thing I've done to it is uh, continue to be an American citizen uh, <laughs> and and enjoy the holiday known as Thanksgiving. There you go. I am uh, I'm I'm feeling pretty chubby. How about you? I actually feel great, so I've been on a little bit of a diet, if you will, for the past month or so. Okay. So everybody, and I also fasted yesterday, so my only meal was the Thanksgiving meal. So literally uh, everybody that we had it at my house with my wife, uh, my sister-in-law, her boyfriend, and then my father-in-law were in. They were all in food comas, and I was sitting at the table. I was like, I've never felt more alive. I'm awake now. <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible. You hit your feeding window and then like everything felt, you know, I fast as well as you may know. And I, for whatever reason this week, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break from fasting this week. And I have never felt worse <laughs> in my life. It's kind of like, it's kind of like something that it, once you do it, you can't really, uh, you can't really give it up. Not, I mean, not easily at least. Yeah. Well, I mean like it helped. I had a couple couple of mugs of coffee so caffeine being an appetite suppressant helped a lot and then i just knew mentally the big meal yeah. that was gonna happen at thanksgiving so it was just i felt great we're gonna do it i think again today today's friday the 27th i think we're going yeah. over to my mother-in-law's i if everything's still going according to plan i don't know but pretty sure it is so we'll be doing round two of thanksgiving meal so Dear i'm wild, uh man. I'm ready. You're a wild man. My body's ready for it, man. I can't I'm, believe you. I, I, I almost threw up in my mouth just hearing you talk about that. We're crazy. It's crazy. Uh, we're crazy. It's, speaking it's of crazy, uh, this episode. Oh, it oh. Was, So it took a completely different turn than what I expected personally. But mm-hmm. again, it's just one of those things that I'll always circle back to since the disastrous episode two. It had no direction of the original plot line but yet it made us ask so many more questions about what is going on in this universe that i know you've got a lot of insight on so kind of funny last week it was me with the clone wars and rebels knowledge and now it's you this week with whatever we're gonna i'm assuming it's going to be a kotor reference but i i can't say for sure i'm sure i'll i'll hear it but you're going to be dropping the knowledge on on all of us because you told me prior to jumping on here that there's a lot, a lot, a lot to break down, which I'm excited to hear about because I have no idea what's going on. All I know is that I have one billion questions to ask in regards to what happened in this episode yeah. and what does it mean. Sure. So I'm excited to hear what what it does mean, what where we've seen it before what happened what was the outcome there what the possible outcome here i've got i i can throw out a, my own little theory before you dive into yours but yeah that, that'd be yeah, yeah yeah um i like that yeah man it was crazy it was an absolute insane episode 
I thought it was going to be a complete, I thought he was just going to get the band back together with Grief Karga and Cara Dune. The boys are back. We're going to go to see Ahsoka. But no, that's not, a, that's not what happened at all. So are you going to put me on the timer? Uh, I just pulled it up as you said that. <laughs> dun, all right, are you ready, dun, sir? Dun, 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 Three, dun, dun, two, dun, dun, one, go. All right, episode five, Mandalorian season two. Mando goes back to Navarro for some repairs because the Razor Crest is dumpstered uh, in the encounter with the Rebels and taking a nice spill on the last planet. So we meet up with Cara Dune and Grief Karga. They've got the town running really smoothly. And the only thing they need to do is take out an Imperial base. Last one, it should just be an outpost, a forward operating base. They get in there and they find a big old surprise with subjects apparently being tested by infusing Yoda blood, essentially Jedi blood, into subjects and doing something with it. We don't know. And then we find out Moff Gideon. We knew Moff Gideon was still alive, but they find out that he's still alive. So Mando has to beeline it after some really cool piloting skills, taking out some TIE fighters, which I know Connor will appreciate. And I appreciate it, too. But we leave our heroes there. Mando leaves Navarro with Baby Yoda, knowing grief, or excuse me, uh, Moff Gideon is out there. And we're off to find Ahsoka. 106. Oh, uh, I see. It felt, I, I, you see, I felt like it you was going wrong. You got a little too wrong. cute with some, with some details there. You I got did. a little too cute. Yeah. I did. Well. Uh, you fell off. I, I think we should just end the podcast now, I think. Just disband it? Okay. Yeah, I don't really want to be associated. That's fine. I, I get it. I get it. All right. What, Bye, guys. Is there, like, carryover, though? Because I was really – I was short by, like, nine seconds last week, and now I'm over six, so net minus three still? Sure. I guess in the collective memories of our audience, as long as you don't uh, you don't cash in too much on your extra time, you should be fine. Is there a transitive property of carryover time? Austin, don't flex your brain too hard. You're going to pass out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look out for you on things like that, okay? Okay. So, I appreciate um, it. I've got like a decent amount of little Easter eggs, but I've got a big uh, just sack of goodies in terms of really the last half of this episode and kind of what that means and also the source in which it was drawn from which you did make a suggestion as to what that might be and we will get to we will get to that but um i want to hear your overall take on the episode and you said you had a little something something that you thought might be going on so please please enlighten me austin yeah um okay so well let's get there first right so we meet up with cara dune and grief cargo which is fun um, we obviously know them from season one. The, mm-hmm. the trio is very, uh, popular, if, if you will. They're very good together as a group. And then we also meet up with, uh, the bluegill guy. I, I don't really he remember. He is a mithril. He's a mithril. The mithril from the very first episode. It sounds right. like that Grief Karga has him being put to work on the books in, Navarro on Navarro so it was just a collection of season one reunion which is fun right it's fun they've got the town put together the bar that they had the massive shootout in is now a school and we got okay so we got to talk about baby Yoda and how cute he is in this episode it's it's almost phenomenal absolutely phenomenal when he uses the force to take that kid's blue wafer mints or whatever they may be they're uh they're Macron's Macrons. Macrons. Yeah, Ma- they're they're it's literally just what they were. 
macaroons. They actually look like that. Macaroons, macarons. I forget which one it is. I don't know. I just my to, I was well, my Filipino grandparents go macarons, so that's what I say. <laughs> okay, that's well, we can trust. It's them, my right? second language, man. All right. Right, right, right. So we get that Baby Yoda is immensely cute. He steals them and eats them. It's absolutely hilarious. Cool to see the bar turn into a school, and the people, the the young kids of the town, becoming learned doctors. Great, always great. They we always need more doctors in the galaxy. So, um, good start. I, I I do want to point out that one of the uh, one of the girls in the class had the same sort of mini version outfit and hairstyle as Ray. Um, and I saw everybody online going like, "Oh, wow, that's Ray before she was abandoned." I don't think so. Um, uh... I, I mean, it's maybe because <laughs> we don't really. There, there was some room in her backstory to where they could have been from a different planet before ending up where we find her at the beginning of The Force Awakens, but I really, really don't think so. I think that was just a little shout-out. I don't think that aligns at all. I don't think Rey's even alive in the grand she, scheme Yeah, exactly. Of she's either she's either not born yet or very, very, very young, which, I mean, that was like a pretty young kid. That was about, I would say, five or six, but... Yeah, it's uh, there's too many there's too many variables that don't quite fit into that equation to me. So no, I, I don't like I, that. I'm calling that that is not her. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that it does. It just doesn't add up. And compared to the little girl Ray we saw left on her own desert planet that I can't remember um, the name of it, which it also doesn't matter. But it just doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. So that so essentially. The forward operating base, the Imperial base, this is I this is where I thought I was like, okay, it's the typical and my wife pointed this out to me as well. Every episode there, Mando shows up, he's gotta do something for somebody to get something, and they go on their way, which I guess can kind of get old in the grand scheme of things, but I think they do a good job of adding so much flair within the episodes and content and things to ponder that you just don't really care that much that it's just incredibly repetitive in the style of the episode so obviously he needs repairs the trade-off is going to be helping take out this uh ford operating base Mm -hmm. and i I mean that's all that i thought it was and a fun interaction on the base because they've got the three plus the uh the mithril with them doing stuff Okay, so we're going to approach this, the, just the main talking point of this episode. Really, yeah. the talking point of this episode. Sure. They're, they go into the base. They're running because they're going to blow it up. Classic Star Wars, blow stuff up. And lo and behold, we find out a humongous secret. But before I get into that, I must say the pit theory still holds... I'm going to jump past the the interesting part because okay. the Mandalorian knocks a stormtrooper down the shaft of the magma pit, but we see the bottom of the pit. We know what's at the bottom of the pit. And if everybody remembers pit theory for Star Wars, you cannot see the bottom if you want to live. Yes, that's Case right. Case in point, when, a vague, vague bottom. when Baby Yoda is eaten, we don't see the bottom of the pit. When Boba Fett was eaten, we don't see the bottom of that pit. We don't see the bottom of Luke's pit. We don't see the bottom of Darth Maul's pit. We Emperor saw Palpatine's pit. El- uh, Emperor Palpatine's pit. We didn't see it. Nope. Yep. Yep. We it, saw it. the bottom of this pit. It was a volcano. So I'm. And is defending... it really a pit at that point? Yeah. Exactly. 
I mean, I think there's just maybe two classifications of pits at this point. That is not a life-saving pit. You see the bottom. It's more of a, it's more of a deep pocket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a large hole, if you will. There a you deep go. hole. Yeah. Okay, so that I just wanted to defend the pit theory for anyone that tried to come against yeah. it because you can see the bottom. Anyway, now that that's now the important part's taken shambles. care of. Yeah, that's right. So now we come across a mass a laboratory with subjects floating in liquid, which is very laboratory e anyway, and wow. <laughs> beautiful wordplay there. I have an extensive vocabulary from the finest institutions of the United States E America. So (laughs) anyway, before I was so rudely interrupted. (laughs) Sorry, continue. (laughs) So we find a transmission that basically the doctor from the first season is talking about these experiments that they're doing on these subjects where they infused Baby Yoda's blood, which we know he's Force-sensitive, potential Jedi down the road, into these people for some reason. We don't know why. Mm-hmm. None of the subjects lived. And now we understand why the Empire is so... Why there's such a big bounty on Baby Yoda. Because the blood. His blood. Because, obviously, I think the initial thought was... The Empire's after this baby Yoda because he's baby Yoda and the Jedi are eradicated. Even though the Empire just fell, they still want to continue this mission, which didn't really make sense. But that's all we had to work on. But now we have this great understanding. They're running experiments of some kind, which I so we'll go with what I think a little bit of what they're trying to do. I think they're trying to create force sensitive beings or people by infusing the blood because i mean what else why else would you do that you would i mean it's it it almost seems like a very old time practice i mean it's almost like old time immunization right somebody's healthy against a disease versus someone that's not you take the blood of the healthy you give it to the not and you hope it works while we know the sciences antibodies and and all of that stuff it, it kind of feels like a similar line of thinking in regards to what they're trying to do with the force sensitive, you have non force sensitive subjects, you have a very strong force sensitive subject. So why not take what the blood and of what we assume is full of force essence, if you will, and give it to the subject of, uh, please silence your cell phone during my talk, please. Dude, I'm sorry. I'm <sighs> sorry. Oh no. I don't get any respect on this oh, no. show. Man. I did the thing. I did the thing. I'm I just, did the, I did this, the, this is over. The mortal sin of podcasting. I just did it. Wow. Anyway, before I was again rudely interrupted by oh, no. some buzzing. Um, this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I think. I think that they're trying to create force sensitive people. And then I was kind of spinning the wheels a little bit. I'm like, okay, the Mandalorian has done a really good job of gluing everything together, right? Mm-hmm. They've they've glued the Clone Wars, they've glued Rebels, they've glued the original trilogy, they've glued the prequels, they've glued it all together. The Mandalorian does that. Where is our do, ha, do we have a segue into the the final three Skywalker films? So what I was thinking was Favreau, Filani, the creators of Mandalorian. They must have known the outcome of the rise of Skywalker and 
the return of the emperor, right? He he comes back, he's cloned, there's all, you know, all these different things about the dark the dark side and being able to stay alive. What sure. if this is this is way out in left field, but what if this sect of the empire because the emperor had a sect of the empire with him on right. uh, the the planet, what if this is possibly the sect of the empire that knows that the emperor's still alive? He's obviously very weak and they're trying to find ways to maybe create more force sensitive beings that the emperor can either drain the life force from just essentially stay alive and get stronger but they haven't been able to do so so that would be a potential tie-in into the last three movies because i i, I didn't even think about the ray thing and i think that's a bad one but it's a interesting thought at least in my mind to have these scientists working to create force sensitive beings to connect us to the final pieces that we haven't been connected to of the the final trilogy of Star Wars that we're familiar with, you know, with the Skywalkers, you know, is yeah. this potentially where we see some of that or because I couldn't think of why else they would want to do this, right? That like why else would you create a force sensitive being if this is what they want to do? You know, I could right. be completely wrong of of what mm. they're doing, but it just in my mind it makes sense, and maybe Connor's about to just absolutely destroy Why my theory. Exactly. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's just I think it's an interesting perspective, but that you know it just doesn't really make sense. Okay, say you succeed, you create a force sensitive person, then what? They don't have anybody to train them. They don't like you're not gonna get a Dark Lord any again like you had before uh, as the Empire. So. That's kind of where my theory loses uh, loses its bases. Okay, okay where's okay. the su- what happens with the success part? So the emperor is the is the left field connection to the Star Wars universe. So everything is connected now. We have one uniform piece, and in my mind, it explains why they're doing this. But Connor has the inside track here. So we alluded to it earlier last week. I got to talk a lot because I knew a lot. Connor actually knows more about this and this is a huge mystery so i'm very curious to hear what's going on you fool you fool i'm just joking um i i have a very i'm gonna call this uh i have a strong uh a strong feeling that i'm correct about this knowing Mm. what i know and what we've the pattern we've seen of the writers for this show the creators of this show going back to legacy sources of Star Wars material to fuel the plot points of this episode. So with that pattern established and kind of, you know, we've seen that played out so far, I'm feeling pretty confident about what I'm going to say now. Um, but first, a little, a little two pieces of, uh, two pieces of uh, Easter eggs here. The weird looking aliens with the buck teeth like appendages or things on the front of their face at the beginning of the episode that Cara Dune destroys. Oh yeah. Do you know the name of those creatures? I don't know the name of those creatures, but I do know, I'm pretty sure that's the one that Obi-Wan cuts its arm off in a new hope, right? Is that the same thing? Okay. I'll give you partial credit for that student. Okay. Um, those are a qualish, a qualish. Um, and they're they're known for that scene pretty much in the mainline series, but other than that, they don't really get a ton of love. Uh, the only other game they get a ton of love in is Kotor. 
KOTOR, which is not the tie-in that I'm about to talk about. It is not the tie-in I'm going to talk about that makes uh, that uh, expands our knowledge of what this episode is kind of pointing at, which is, I know, oh, big, big surprise there. Connor's not going to be talking about KOTOR today. <laughs> but I will be talking about another video game from an era even before KOTOR, my friend. Oh. Whoa. Are you that... ready for this? I don't think Are you so. sure? No. Are you familiar with the game franchise Jedi Knight Academy? I've heard of it. You've heard of it. I I feel like I know a little bit, but I mean, I guess it would probably be safer to say that I don't know. Okay, so my two <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited my two favorite games in the star wars canon are kotor which i've said a million times but my other favorite one or my favorite series is jedi knight academy one and two they're they're older games they were made in the very very early 2000s just as you know 3d graphics and the original xbox were kind of landing on the scene their appeal is that they're a very unique action-oriented third-person um, like lightsaber combat. You have tons of freedom to mo- for movement. Uh, it's it's kind of the precursor to the Force Unleashed, if you ever played that game. Yes, um, where Force powers are super strong, and the lightsaber combat is kind of deep, and you have a lot of movement freedom. Uh, I think I've talked about this before, but Rogue One, Rogue One, our, our mutual favorite Star Wars movie, um, Jin Erso, is based off of Jan Orso, who was a character from Jedi Knight Academy 2, the outcast, outcast hmm. Jedi. And she's a very similar character. She has, she's a, she's brunette. She wears like a cool jacket and she's really good <laughs> with a blaster pistol. Oh, nice. um, so again, the, this new era of Star Wars, they are going back to legacy sources. It's not, and it's not just Filoni or Favreau. I mean, uh, the director of that, of uh, Rogue One, they, I mean, clearly they went to a legacy source to kind of inspire Jin Erso. So we know that, we know that they're dipping their hands in these sources. Uh, but what I loved about this episode, Austin, as soon as they showed the hologram image of the base, remember? Mm-hmm. Immediately, immediately I was like, oh my God, that looks exactly like a level from Jedi Knight Academy 2. Jedi Outcast. I was like, yep, that's a level. That's like the first level from that game. And I'm like, huh, that's kind of interesting, but okay. Fast forward, they actually get there. Austin, when I tell you that it literally looked like a 4K HD update of Jedi Knight Academy 2, Jedi Outcast. It looked like the canyon, the base sunken into the rocks above, like looking over the valley or the fjord. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is a level. This is a level from this game. It's it's like a direct rip. And I'm not mad about that at all, by the way. I, I was so happy. Um, so they get into the base, right? They start going around. There's lava on the, there's lava deep in the, the fake pit. Um, there's the, the shape of the hallways, the way, uh, the, the, you know, they're, they're like cramped and they're sort of like a, like a hedgerow or a, a maze, like, Austin, everything about this episode just screams Jedi Knight Academy 2 Jedi Outcast, okay? Mm-hmm. I just want to drive that home for you and for our viewers. This is a level ripped straight from the first level of that game. Whew. Okay, so 
I need to quickly talk to you about the plot of Jedi Knight Academy. Uh, Jedi Knight Academy 2, Jedi Outcast, okay? Okay, take us back. Are you with me right now? Yep, I'm trying. Uh, And look, palate cleanser. There was a statue of IG-88 in the town square when they got to Navarro. Pretty cool. Oh, I didn't notice that. Nice. Okay. Hey, you know? So here, here is the abridged plot of that game. Um, you follow Kyle Katarn, who is a he's a gray Jedi, but he's aligned with Luke Skywalker in the remnant era of the Empire. And keep in mind that this is a legacy game. So legacy means the old set of lore before Disney bought out Star Wars, and now they have the current canon set of lore. Okay, so this is from a leg this is from the legacy period. Mm-hmm. Kyle Katarn, he's allied with the Jedi Temple. He's helping Luke kind of reestablish Jedi's in the remnant era. Um which, by the way, it's not like it's super different from what we're seeing in The Mandalorian. That is the This is still the remnant era of the Empire, okay? It's right after the movies, the original trilogy movies. It's, you know, it's where Luke kind of goes off and becomes like a, you know, OP as hell. So, you follow Kyle Katarn and Jen, uh, Jan or so, not Jen or so. And uh, they're mercenaries. So, he's a Jedi, but they're, they're, they're mercenaries and... They get into some trouble with some stormtroopers on a remote outpost on a planet called Kejum, which, by the way, is mountainous, rocky, devoid of life, and has streams of lava going through it, just so you know. They get into a little bit of a scrap, and they discover these odd sorts of crystals that are being grown in these vats in these lab rooms. Very, very different from your typical Empire installation, right? Mm-hmm. So they bring the crystals back to Mon Mothma, who, if you don't remember, Mon Mothma is the is the lady in the white bedsheet <laughs> like dress, the giant white dress. Yep. Uh, with the with the Karen haircut, except <laughs> she's really cool. We love her. So they bring it before her, and they basically determine that these are synthetic crystals. Um, in the game, they're called Artusian crystals, but the closest analog would be fake kyber crystals. And as we all know, what does kyber do? It is the lightsaber crystal. Mm -hmm. It's also the crystal that's used for the Death Star. But, um, so they find these fake crystals and throughout this game, Austin, this is where it's really important. Throughout the game, Austin, you uncover that the remnant is injecting force taken from force sources, from the temples, from sacred relics, uh, from holocrons, from places where Jedi have fallen in battle. They're taking this energy, this force energy, and they're imbusing it into these crystals to possess stormtroopers. To possess stormtroopers with the power of the dark side of the force. Hmm. In the last half of that game, your primary enemy are called shadow troopers not to be confused with dark troopers which are basically the special ops of the stormtroopers no shadow troopers beyond having some high-tech gear and some uh they have cloaking technology their main armament austin is a red-bladed lightsaber huh these are force using stormtroopers and the color of their armor as i'm sure you can guess is pitch black and they look crazy and they have a very distinctive goggle and um, face covering area. It kind of protrudes. Where did we see armor that looks like that in this episode? God, a lot of clapping. At the end, so I'm putting it. At the end! Dude, there was two rows 
of pitch black stormtrooper-esque armor. Kind of Vader-esque, honestly. With very distinctive helmets that looked quite a bit different than the normal helmets we've been seeing. They had sort of like a muzzle on them. And they looked exactly like Shadow Troopers, in my opinion. So this is kind of... Obviously, they're not going the crystal route. They're going for like the direct blood injection thing, uh, which I think makes a little more sense anyway. Um, but to me, this is, this is again, punch for punch, a plot point uh, inspired by legacy content. Um, obviously, we're not following Kyle Katarn. We're not following that, that sort of story, but we're uncovering that the Remnant is basically trying to outfit a new type of a new army, a new army of force using lightsaber wielding stormtroopers or, you know, special troopers. We, we, we can call them. Yeah. And, um, just a little, oh, sorry. So a, a little bit of background, uh, extra background, extra context, just to kind of, you know, fill it out here. Um, in that game, in Jedi outcast, uh, the person at the head of the remnant is called, uh, Lord Hethrier. It's Lord Hethrier's Dominion, but kind of the, the, the face and the go-getter of that Dominion is a guy called Dasan, who's, he's like a dinosaur species, and he's like a former Jedi, Jedi Knight who goes dark, yada yada, that whole story, and he's the one who's kind of spearheading this operation. Um, he is very uh, similar, actually, to uh, Moff Gideon, if I, if I can make connections between their characters. Super well-spoken, super calm very vengeful, you know, super skilled with um, melee combat, you know, whether it's a dark saber or a lightsaber, but so I'm seeing a lot of, I'm seeing a lot of parallels here, but just to wrap this up. And so I can kind of point people towards like, you know, the, the main headline here, I believe with about 98% certainty that the remnant is using the blood samples to make super soldiers out of the stormtroopers that are capable of wielding the force and wielding lightsabers. Or a similar something, a technology similar to the lightsaber. Maybe it's going to be a variant of the dark saber, or they're going to be electro staffs like the Magna Guard did uh, with General Grievous's personal guard, something like that. But they're going to be super soldiers, hyper soldiers, whatever you want to call them. Um, and uh, be prepared to see more legacy content reference, not just from Kotor. And not just from Jedi Knight Academy 1 and 2. I mean, from the books, from Shadows of the Empire uh, with Dash Rendar. I mean, oh, my brain's exploding, man. I can't believe they did that. I super, I super can't believe they did that. And I'm just, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Favreau. Thank you, the writers. Thank you, whatever nerd is behind, you know, injecting this information into the episode. Because I, I couldn't be more psyched, Austin. <sighs> okay. What's your reaction to all that? It's a lot to digest, man. Um, I mean, it, it seemed I forgot to about the uh, the end where they had those super soldier looking people. Um, mm -hmm. So probably should have tried to put that together a little bit better. But I just it makes all the sense in the world. But at the same time, the the comparison to the game is that they're using all different types of force essence, right? Yeah. It just it feels like in the Mandalorian they have only used force sensitive people. Mm-hmm. And now it's just baby Yoda that they're aware of. And it it just doesn't seem long term feasible because they don't have that additional piece that you had mentioned of using all sorts of artifacts, items 
you know, all obviously there in in the game it sounds like there's more there's Sources. a plethora of of force sensitive things to infuse with these soldiers versus in the Mandalorian it seems very limited. Now yeah, you could just start asking the question of because the Razor Crest is now being tracked and we haven't seen the the latest episode that dropped. I haven't seen it, Connor. I don't know if you've seen it, yeah, so I, nope. I don't. I don't know what happens with that, but I guess you can't help but wonder if, uh, if Mando leads the Empire remnants to Ahsoka Tano, and they do that whole dance with her and use her or something. I don't know. It just that that would suck. I I don't know if I would like that. Well, I probably I, would. I, I see but... what you're saying, uh, and I should. I I. I had one more note that I neglected to mention here. Um, when the doctor, which thank God they brought that back. Cause I was really, I was really scared that that was never going to be addressed again. And you know, I should have given them the benefit of the doubt. So thank goodness. But uh, first of all, did you notice how he said M count? Yes. He said, he said the subject had the highest M count. So that's obviously, you know, midichlorians. Those that is the official canon lore. Like, yeah, I hate them too, but uh, I thought it was interesting that they kind of just said M count and they didn't bother saying midichlorians. But um, you'll notice that he says they've tr they've had several subjects, many subjects before the child, but the child was just so much more efficient because it was so much more concentrated. Right. So there's a chance that they've been doing this for a while and they've scraped together just enough to like you to maybe push out a couple prototypes. That's that's my feeling that there's a couple that are ready to go. Because as you remember, Moff Gideon said, we'll be ready. Right. I'm assuming that means at least a couple of those shadow troopers or whatever analog to shadow troopers those happen to be. I feel like some of them are ready to go. Oh, I mean, definitely the ones that are loaded up are probably ready to go. I would guess you don't outfit non-ready subjects and waste all that stuff, right? So, right. Certainly, they. I just there's just so many questions of the directions that that can be gone in now, because you have the Ahsoka arc, um, and then mm -hmm. it's like, well, okay, what what do you do with that? You have the open Mandalore arc now as well. Now maybe there's like a final battle on Mandalore or something where. This is humongous fight for yeah uh, for the planet. Um, I don't know if Ahsoka. So I hate. So I watched a, a video. Someone, you know, a, a fellow podcast had sent a video to us on Twitter about theory hey. theory crafting. As far as you know, Ahsoka and Ezra and a guy named Thrawn who was a Grand Admiral, incredibly. Uh, tactical intellect and smart for the empire that disappeared with Ezra at the end of rebels and how he might return. Um, they know, they mentioned that Ahsoka's voice was supposedly heard when Ray was fighting Palpatine and all the dead Jedi supported her. So that hints toward does Ahsoka die? And I would be really, upset if you will if mando leads the empire remnant to with their force like extracting technology or whatever and to ahsoka and and like it like ahsoka doesn't go out in a in a cool jedi way and you know maybe i you know that's a, that's a very big reach on my part does ahsoka die in, in the season does she die at some point probably because 
it sounds like everything has been interconnected. I mean, they connected Rebels and Clone Wars into mm-hmm. the last Skywalker trilogy just on the the single part alone. I know I mentioned Kanan's voice, which is from Rebels, but apparently Ezra's voice was not in there. So Ezra's still alive somewhere at, at some point. So they still have all this ability which is which makes it fun it absolutely makes it fun not knowing which direction they're gonna go but it also i mean it's just like with what you just mentioned and said the tracking beacon on the razor crest and ahsoka being a very strong force wielder in her own right obviously a former jedi knight that left before the fall (sighs) You know, I just, I don't know. You know, I don't know, I don't know what happens with with that. Um, you bring up a really good point because let's 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 pretend again that they are they are borrowing from legacy the legacy source of this game, Jedi Outcast, mm-hmm. but they've changed the lore from all things force uh, emitting to just just force beings. So not holocrons, not sites, not sacred relics, none, none of that. Just beings. Um, if they change the lore for the extraction of force to to be from these force sensitive people, then the very very rare amounts of force users that are left in the galaxy are like at super super high amounts of risk, which as far as we know right now is vaguely Luke Skywalker somewhere, Baby Yoda, a handful of gray Jedi. Um, probably some dark force users who aren't relevant and then ahsoka so and within the universe of the mandalorian it's really just baby yoda and ahsoka as far as we know yeah because they're in the outer rim right 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 so i think i think what you just said might have been big brain man i I, that could that could be a tie-in to this season i think (sighs) ahsoka might possibly be targeted for her force sensitivity or she could just be the one that you know discovers that you know after viewing baby yoda and kind of seeing what's going on i mean she could just be a voice of reason or wisdom on their side since they don't really don't since they don't know what's going on yet right so i don't know um i, I mean yeah i i hope ahsoka doesn't get like destroyed it's it's very likely that she lives through the season and you know whatever has another life and dies some other way but right. she is kind of old austin uh, I actually don't know how long Twilight lived. They probably live a long time. So, but you know, she might have like a kind of like a death wish or something. You never know. Yeah, people change. Um, also, I want to make mention. I'm looking for the name now. Um, the uh, the cloaked figure. I can't remember her name. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, that I mistakenly said was ahsoka and you talked me off that ledge oh yeah well she's the name in the same video that i would that we were sent i'm trying i'm trying to bring up the the characters it's a fellow it's a mandalorian that ran with um sabine wren that's who it is oh so yeah i yeah okay i know that name yeah yeah so sabine wren is a mandalorian that is in rebels She's very young in Rebels, which, if we backtrack again, that Rebels is when the Empire had just risen, essentially, and was establishing themselves in the galaxy. So she's very young. The video pointed out that that was probably Sabine Wren, who, if 
we track back to Rebels, Ezra and Thrawn have a big showdown over Ezra's homeworld and the hyperspace whales, if we remember, take Ezra and Thrawn away and no one can track them. Ahsoka and Sabine Wren made it their mission to go find Ezra. Ezra is the last known Jedi at that point because they don't know about Luke and Leia and all them. Yeah. And so there, and obviously I think Sabine and Ezra had a little thing and also Ezra saved Ahsoka's life. So they're very close. So it hinted towards Ahsoka and Sabine. Maybe we still get that arc into Ezra because I feel like there's been a lot of draw from the Rebel. I mean, it is canon. It's Disney canon, and it's been connected in with Ahsoka. So there could mm-hmm. be this huge thing with with Ezra, Ahsoka, the the Empire Remnant, you know, taking Force Essence. I mean, I, there's just like all this different stuff that can happen now. So I think it's just, man, it's crazy. It's hard to wrap my head around and keep it all straight. So I know I did. I did just ju- dump a lot on you because like that, like KOTOR is obscure to like maybe the, like a very broad audience, but people within Star Wars and people who just played games in the mid 2000s, like they've probably heard of that game and it's like known, but like the Jedi Knight Academy games, those are, I mean, dare I say those are pretty rare to find people who really have played that game. Especially the second one, which I know it has its own community, and I know there's been tons of mods to it, and people really, really love those games, but for a wide audience, I guess I'm just surprised that I you know, I saw that, that influence show up in something so big like The Mandalorian. It's just crazy to me. But So maybe it'd be helpful for us to kind of lay out what are the lines, what are the narrative lines going forward? We have, I'll call the dark force experiment line mm-hmm. with baby Yoda's blood and the yes. doctor. Yep. We have the Mandalorian, uh, reclamation of the dark saber and of Mandalore line. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it, the, we'll call that the Mandalore line. So that's two. Um, I'll say we have the reconnection line, which is Ahsoka essentially. And you know, uh, the, the main quest, we'll call that the main quest line then. Yeah. We have three there. That's a lot to juggle already. But is there anything? <laughs> is there anything else? I mean, what else is there? I don't think there's anything else that. I mean, bran- that's enough. <laughs> that essentially branches off because I think the remaining arcs branch off those main three. I don't think there's a, a, a fourth main line because yeah. the Ezra Bridges arc would be from the Ahsoka arc. Um, or at, either honestly it's kind of a it's kind of like a between because it involves ahsoka and it also an involve, involves the mandalorians in a way yeah and i just essentially it could maybe no because the empire would the empire remnant would have mentioned that they had another subject to draw force blood from i was like maybe the empire found ezra and but that no that i'm debunking that immediately so and it almost feels right. like the main quest and the dark remnant quest are almost fused at this point or will be fused. So, sure. man, it's just, well, like, I have no I idea mean, what's, what's going to happen. All credit to the writers. I mean, they're, they're pretty, they're interwoven quite well. Yeah. And this is what you want from a show. I mean, like, yeah, where we're sitting here dumbfounded, at least I am right. 
but I, that, I am too. But that's I, what I you, too. that's exactly what you want. You don't want to know. I mean, you want to know what happens, but you don't want to be able to sit here and say, yeah, okay, I know what's going to happen next. Cause that takes all the fun out of it when shows mm-hmm. are just immensely predictable. I mean, the only thing that we can probably predict with confidence is Mando's going to be somewhere. He's going to have to do something to get something from someone. And that'll be that. So like, he's going to meet Ahsoka. He's going to have to do something for her and help her in some way. And there's going to be an outcome. But that's a very black and white prediction because obviously there's a bazillion strings attached to all the different things that can happen with being around Ahsoka now. So it's just, man, I'm very curious to see what this next episode holds and what happens. I mean, I just... <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's exciting. It's 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 certainly it exciting is. for the Star Wars community and... Again, just all the credit to the writers, Filani, Fabro for just connecting. I mean, not only the main canon line, but going outside of that and, and drawing from the legacy content, it sounds like, and saying basically, hey, don't forget about what really made Star Wars fans, like hardcore Star Wars fans, Star Wars fans, was all this mm-hmm. extra lore out there. It's not just the Skywalker line. There's all this other stuff out there that happens. Which is, you know, for me, just knowing that, it's like, yeah, I want that to be tapped into. I want to know more about what's going on because there's a vast galaxy out there and we've been revolving around a few people and there's so much more out there that we can expand to and still have main characters. So I think the Mandalorian's doing a great job with doing that. Um, so, I, what, okay, so what do you think What do you think happens in the episode? It, it, the new episode released today. None of us have seen it. What what do you think happens? Do um, you have any predictions or guesses? Giving my guess, given the pacing and style, um, and how, you know how long they like to hold things, I'm gonna guess he gets to Ahsoka's planet, but has to negotiate with locals to get there. And there's gonna be a character on the ground that like has something to do with Ahsoka, needs to talk to her, needs to like find her, and he's gonna have to go on a, on a pre quest before he gets to Ahsoka, and Ahsoka will be revealed at the end of the episode. That's that's my prediction. Although, I mean, he could land, you know, knee deep in whatever drama Ahsoka's got going on in, in her life at the time. But mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to have to lead up to it. Yeah. Do we see Sabine Wren, who we think was Sabine Wren, uh, from the uh, Dock Planet? Oh, right. Or do we see that clone that we saw on Tatooine? Do we see them in the next episode? Do we, does that, cause that would, I mean, that would answer a yeah. lot of questions if oh, either yeah. one of them gets added into this episode, because we still don't really know. We saw the clone on Tatooine and I mean, <laughs> he's still out there. He's still doing something. We don't know who he is. I, yeah, I honestly forgot. I think, I think Sabine and this clone will be his link back to the Mandalore line. You think Back so? to the reclamation line. Yeah, I think they're going to be... They're following him for their own interest. Um. Again, like, you know, we had the talk of, like, who's going to be the new Mandalore. And, I mean, by all means, Bo-Katan is the front runner, and I'm sure Mando doesn't want anything to do with it, but maybe... I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how Sabine or this other clone would really know much about Mando anyway, because he was in a covert all this time. Right. Um, 
so I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm waiting kind of nervously to see how the, the Mandalore line even fits in, or maybe that's saved for season three, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe these characters are kind of touched on just like, just like the doctor was just very, had very limited exposure. And now all of a sudden he's important again, um, this season. So I don't know. It seems like a lot to fit into the finale of this season. I feel like, I feel like the Dark Trooper blood Baby Yoda line is going to take precedence now. And I think there's going to be hints. This is my prediction. I think there's going to be hints at the Mandalore reclamation line coming in season three. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what? By, by the newest episode today, there's f- four or five episodes in. How long was last season? I, I mean, probably. We're probably getting close to the end here. That's what I'm saying. There's just not enough time for the Mandalorian stuff. In my, in my opinion, right? Huh. I'm just. I just don't know, because now that we have continued on our current line, I feel like the clone on Tatooine feels less and less like Boba Fett, and more and more like somebody else, which. I told you, man. I mean, I yeah, I mean, was... I went on a big monologue about how my own prediction was wrong. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. No one did a better job of telling you that than yourself. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It just. I feels mean, yeah. Like... So there was there was eight. Sorry, just to answer the question, there was eight episodes last season, and there's uh-huh. they have there's recorded. They've booked eight. Ep- they've called up eight episodes for this season. Oh my god! And we're so five we're in as done. of we're five in as of today. So. I feel like those Mandalorians are there are time the next season. So here's just an outlandish thought. Okay. Does this clone know Ahsoka and Obi Wan? Ahsoka knows Obi Wan from the Clone Wars. Obi Wan mm-hmm. is on Tatooine. He's not the clueless old man, if you will. Oh wait, no, 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 no. The Empire fell. He's dead. I'm stupid. I am so stupid. Just scratch everything I just said. Okay. Ah. Wow. My brain is pu- is just mush. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Completely scratch that. That was very stupid. Wow. Okay. Wow. Pudding we... nation rising oh, up. How dare yeah. you? <laughs> brain pudding nation. Dang, I thought okay. I was making some interesting connections, but I completely just lost where I was. and It's just so hard to keep track of all of them. So, okay. No, that was completely wrong. You know, I, I told you I'd warn you when you were you were outpracing the the capacity of your own brain, and I yeah. I, I failed to warn you on you that. Did one, fail did that. You? you did fail that. You did. You did fail that. So then, yeah, it just has to be connection to Ahsoka, and maybe I don't know. Man, I don't know. This is just insanity. So yeah, this I is... think I think we meet Ahsoka in the next episode. I think at this point we have to. We absolutely have to. I think and... we see her face and we hear her voice. I'm not sure how much screen time she gets. I think she might be like, well, 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 Mandalorian, you're finally here. And like, like, that's how the episode ends or something. I'm not sure. Although, there's only three episodes left. So we are running out of time. So maybe. Okay. I was going to say, let's, let's think back to the final three episodes of season one. We had a lot happen in those last three episodes. They like jammed it full of stuff, right? Of the main storyline. Mm-hmm. I haven't pulled up actually. 
Do we so, see that again? In... Do we just get pedal to the metal into the story arc? Maybe the dark the uh the dark trooper storyline has been the main storyline all along. We just didn't know it. We just thought the Ahsoka line was the main line. Yeah. Because I don't know. My <sighs> guess it okay, here here's a here's a prediction. Mando goes and finds Ahsoka. Moff Gideon tracks Mando to Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. There's a big... And Mando starts helping Ahsoka with something, and I think maybe Sabine Wren is involved, if that is Sabine Wren. Um, maybe that clone, because I feel like we just can't have him flash in two seasons and be gone, if he was in season one, which I think he was. They're in the middle of a task for Ahsoka, doing something. Moff Gideon shows up with those new toys of his, and they just yeah. absolutely dumpster Mando, Ren, Ahsoka, and whoever else they, they're with. And the Empire takes either one or both of Ahsoka and Baby Yoda, and the season ends. That Hey... That'd be compelling. I think so. Why not? So that because then or, it just, or maybe this is a complete BS and none of that's gonna happen. I, 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 no I, right, I don't know, but it's just like oh. at this point, it feels like it could happen, and then season three would see the connection back into the Mandalore line, and maybe Mando finds Bo Katan and asks for help with Ahsoka because Bo-Katan knows Ahsoka. So then mm -hmm. we get the crossover there. And then maybe that clone shows up and we figure out who the heck they are and they help too. And it's just a all for one, one for all push for Ahsoka and baby Yoda. Yeah. If they get taken on this planet, which I mean, it, it's lining up. They've got the, they've got the troopers. True. They've got the tracker and Mando's going to Ahsoka. So well, and I feel like if Bo-Katan gets wrapped up in this, that leaves like does Sabine Wren have a play at the dark saber and and the, the 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 throne of Mandalore? Does the random clone have a so, play on the dark saber? Sabine like, doesn't. Sabine actually because in Rebels they oh, she doesn't. Okay. They acquire the dark saber back. It was like in a really weird place. Um you kind of I if I recall or what I remember, it was almost like the the sisters, the spirits of the sisters of the night had it, which is mm -hmm. just this whole other thing that Clone Wars touches and Rebels kind of has a little bit. But they had the dark saber, and Sabine Wren actually gets it back and then gives it to Bo Katan in Rebels, and I think Rebels oh, see, pre that, that's precedes, my lack of... yeah, okay. Rebels precedes Mandalorian, so Sabine Wren doesn't want the throne at all, even though her family was like her mom and her brother. Sabine Wren's mom and brother were in line. I think actually technically Sabine Wren could have taken the throne because of the, the fighting in Rebels. I think her mom dies and her brother, I don't think he dies, but essentially Sabine Wren is like, yeah, couldn't be the one. And she hands it over to Bo-Katan because she's still helping Ezra and then she's off to find him. So yeah, no, Sabine Wren and Bo-Katan, good terms. Bo-Katan's the leader. Uh, there's no play. I, there's a clone is the wild card. I don't know if he's a Mandalorian or just a clone. I mean, who knows? So that That's that wild. I have no idea of. But I mean, yeah, I, maybe my I think my prediction will be 
based on maybe it'll change next week too. Based on what we know, I think the end sees Ahsoka and or Baby Yoda taken by the Empire remnants because they get dumpstered by these new cool troopers. We'll actually see them hit stuff, shooting things. Maybe we'll see the new lightsabers or something that they have, and they just absolutely dumpster everybody, and it's just like, oh no. And that's the end of the season. I bet they're going to have like ghost sabers that are like ghastly white. Dang, and they're like, cool. and, they, and they look like they have like a cool shape. That's what I, I would do if I, I was don't know the if they'd be white because Ahsoka's lightsaber should be white. I think hers are white and gold or something like that. They're different. I'm thinking like a, like a pale, like ghastly sort of. It has theme. to look ominous. They, their yeah. lightsabers would have to be ominous. <sighs> and maybe There's they a lot had of potential. Maybe the Empire remnant had extra lightsabers because the Empire had Inquisitors that were force sensitive people that use lightsabers i mean the inquisitors chased ezra and kanan all around the galaxy yeah of course the, because they were looking they could for, just be normal they could be normal red bladed lightsabers too i mean or i mean like they could be cool looking but maybe red maybe they took the kyber crystals from the old inquisitor lightsabers or, or something i mean something. there's just so much untapped knowledge about how the empire went looking for all these jedi relics and artifacts and temples and all this mm. other stuff so it certainly opens the door there. My head's spinning. And mine is too. This is exciting. I mean, I I enjoyed the first season quite a bit, and I because the the, the character revelations about Mando were so cool, and about the world he inhabited, it was all so new and fresh. And this season, we've taken a hit maybe to the character development of Mando, which is limited because we've just know a lot about him now. Mm-hmm. But I I've. I think in in spades we've gotten that replaced with really cool, uh, just resurfacing of like legacy content and old bits of lore and just all this extra universe stuff that is. I'm so glad people are getting a taste of it because it's it's honestly my favorite part about Star Wars. People are like, oh, like, like which one of the original movies is your favorite? I'm like, oh, they're pretty cool. But like the thing I love about Star Wars the most is the expanded universe and the games and like mm-hmm. that's why. Like, that's not what got me into Star Wars, but it's what kept me into Star Wars. For, right. For, absolutely is what kept me into Star Wars. So, yeah, I'm, just, I, I'm happy. I'm, I'm I agree with you. I, I think the first season had the development part, and then we had, like, a singular quest line, if you will. Like, we kind of knew what was going on, and everything that Mando did was just for his, for our understanding of his development. And then, again, in this season, less of that because we know who Mando is, but we have we laid down three potential quest arcs now. So they just exploded as far as the story is concerned, which is, which is a completely different style from the first episode. And they're still making it work beautifully minus episode two, which was pointless. So, I mean, they, they did, they did something. And I mean, I, who knows? Because I think, I think the episode did enough to hint that the Republic is going to make a play out here. If you remember, the the pilot was on Navarro taking a report because the base exploded and he's out there and oh, he's talking. Right. Yeah, he's talking to Cara Dune and he's like, because he sees her tattoo and he's like, you know, we could use you. And he's like, I've been trying to tell the Republic that the New Republic that something's going on out here. Like, mm. no one believes me, but something is happening out here. So is that an allusion to 
them being more involved um i mean maybe if if there if the new republic introduction was episode two that was bad but at least they they're still adding to it i mean last episode they they were back so very curious there's a lot there's a lot to do there's a lot to uncover i mean i guess questions will start getting hopefully answered after watching the most recent episode and then We'll see if our heads spin as hard next week when we talk about that one because certainly yeah. there's a lot going on right now that can happen, which is exciting. It's great. It's great yeah. for the fans and it's great for the franchise. Yeah, they're gonna start paying off on all of these this setup work they've been doing. So it's gonna be less head spinning and more like, oh no way. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. I agree. But I I think they're gonna land on their feet with the end of this episode or the end of the season. I really I really do. Yeah. I, I agree. There's just so many ways they can do it. I feel like it would be hard to not land on your feet because of all the stuff that they can do. So. Um, hey, well, one one last piece of uh, interesting... It's not even lore. Uh, last episode, I was talking about how weird the door sounds were. Um, that they use, like, the pod... Like, Anakin's pod racer boost sound for, like, the door mm-hmm. uh, on, on the cargo carrier ship. Uh, another weird door sound effect... Um, if you notice, when he's talking to the guys on the intercom, the, the, the moff or the admiral, or not even that, like the officer, and he's like, you're aware? And they all get sucked out. As that as that scene happens, there's like this sound in the background. It's like this bell, like, doom, like synthetic, you know, sound effect. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the sound file from Halo 2 when you're on the Covenant uh, in the later levels when you're in the covenant like buildings and every time you open one of those doors the purple doors they kind of yeah. light up and go Dong! it was exactly that sound wow how like, I, you I, connect I, these things is just <laughs> ridiculous. i played them back to back right next to each other before this episode and they are indeed the exact same sound file like the waveforms are the same that is so ridiculous so, that you know that <laughs> i well i i was replaying it because i was <laughs> I know. I know how this works. I know. Do you want to end the episode with this? (laughs) Oh man! All right, finish your point. You okay? I'm just saying. Like, (laughs) there's. I was re okay. To be fair, I didn't just like wake up and think this. Like, I I rewatched it today with my brother because we were both impressed by that the attack scene. Like, we kind of looked over it again. The CGI is actually top notch. It's so good. And we were watching that, and I was like, wait a second. Because Matt and I have played, I don't know how many hours of Halo 2. So many. And I was like, that is totally the door sound effect from High Charity. The, the Covenant, you know, you know, Homeworld. Um, and sure enough, it was. <laughs> how you detect that noise out of everything that's happening and just be like, oh, wait a minute. I know that sound. I'm the salt to your pepper, Austin. Okay. I, I know, I know, and it's it's incredible. It's you an incredible talent. You represent order and harmony, and I am I am chaos in randomness. Just absolute <laughs> just, left field, out of the blue, dumb stuff. I'm just like so that. shocked that you're able to hear something that I don't even remember hearing that, and it's, it's just, very subtle. It was mixed in. It was it was in the audio mix pretty deep. Which just and makes it I, even I guess, more impressive. I guess the point I'm making is the the team, which is probably very big, that's working on this show, 
they got some real nerds. And I think that's why it's partially why this show is so successful is they've hired the right people and they're making, they're making a hell of a show. Yes. I, I continue to be impressed. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I just still cannot believe that you're able to pick that sound out. So kudos to you and your ear and your knowledge, man. That's what you're here for. For sensitive I am. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, I just felt my virginity coming back. Whoa. (laughs) Well, um, uh, that's it for us. Uh, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Ending. (laughs) Super excited for next week and what we're going to talk about, what we're going to find out. Um, But until then, Happy thank, happy late Thanksgiving to everybody. Hope you had a good holiday, and we will see you guys next time. A virgin I am. Oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dweeb Dive. If you liked what you heard, please, please, please like and give us a follow so we can continue diving into your favorite topics. There's been a lot of hot takes. There's been a lot of claims, a lot of references to the deep lore. If you have a question, a comment, feedback, you're angry with me for something perhaps inaccurate I said, which is very likely, please do not hesitate to reach out on our accounts and ask us the big questions. We would love to hear from you. Thanks, guys.